Welcome back to the WFO Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how values, beliefs, and core principles shape individual self-mastery. I hope you enjoy this topic and the practical tools provided Chris and I use to explore this topic. Welcome to the WFO Life Podcast. Buckle up for interviews, insights, and practical discussions, and the occasional intellectual oddity, all designed to help you master self, master craft, and accomplish any life mission. Adversity does not build character. It reveals it. James Lane Allen, American novelist. When preparing to go into combat... We were educated about humans deal with trauma and adversity. To summarize, the better you are going into a a traumatic situation or into adversity, the better you'll be during and after the events. So uh, how do we prepare for a future unknown event? Uh, Well, what we were told, training is for the known, but education is for the unknown. So one of the foundational and, and most important things we can do in life to, to master ourselves and our minds is to have a core set of values and beliefs to guide and to ground us, no, no matter the circumstances. So think about it as a spiritual fitness. So I know we alluded to it in the season four preview, but in this episode, we're going to focus on our core beliefs, our values and and mental and spiritual practices to help navigate uh, life's challenges and, and really optimize your performance, uh, whatever that means for you. Another just uh, perspective and quote that I came across that I think is interesting when talking about values and how we look upon our lives came from a famous Native American, Tecumseh. He was a Shawnee uh, Native American chief born uh, around you know 1768, close to Columbus, Ohio. So during the 1800s, he attempted to organize a group of tribes to resist uh, white settlements. And uh, during the War of 1812, uh, he and his followers joined the British to fight against the United States. And he was killed in the Battle of Thames in Canada in October of 1813. So here's a little quote and perspective from Tecumseh. Live your life that the fear of death can never enter your heart. Trouble no one about his religion. Respect others and their views and demand that they respect yours. Love your life. Perfect your life. Beautify all things in your life. Seek to make your life long and of service to your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. Always give a word or sign of salute when meeting or passing a friend or even a stranger, if in a lonely place. Show respect to all people, but grovel to none. When you rise in the morning, give thanks for the light, for your life, for your strength. Give thanks for your food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason to give thanks, the fault lies in yourself. Touch not the poisonous fire water that makes wise ones turn to fools and robs their spirit of its vision. 
when your time comes to die, be not like those whose hearts are filled with fear of death, so that when their time comes, they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in a different way. Sing your death song and die like a hero going home. So, Bill, what do you think about all that? Oh, man. I realize I need to read more on Tecumseh. Yeah, and, no doubt. Uh, right? uh, I was actually, while you were reading his passage there, I was thinking that we've done some episodes in the past where we broke down like a poem or we broke down, you know, like a manifesto like that. And I, I was kind of writing off to the side all the different sort of values that are built into that. And it may be a good episode in the future just to break down that little statement uh, ranging from anywhere from how you treat other people, serving other people, all the way to don't drink alcohol and you, yeah, know, yeah. you know keep yourself clean and all these kind of things. That's is really pretty powerful and a testament to a person who lived by a set of values, which is kind of uh, interesting to get into today. Yeah, I mean, there's so much I appreciate. I guess more as I get older and reflect on things, poetry that has so much substance to it. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. you think about. How much she really said almost reminds me of the Rudyard Kipling poem, If, that we yes, you know talked exactly. about back in the day, right? I think it is the same exact one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, how can you capture that? I mean, you know, God knows how long he reflected on his life and the successes and failures to come up with that. You know, that's why I'm always, you know, I get excited like a lot of people and can ramble about things that I'm interested in, but... I'm always floored by people that can say, you know, like the Gettysburg Address, you think about that, you know, one of the shortest, most impactful speeches of all time, right? You know, how uh, how much thought and reflection and life experience goes into being able to condense all of that into a short passage. So I thought it was appropriate as we talk about values, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, when you talk about values, I think about that as a blueprint, like for how you construct your life. And just looking at Tecumseh's little message here. He talks in the beginning about how to live. He talks about respect for others. He talks about serving others and love. He talks about keeping your word, being uh, respectful, but not uh, bowing down to other people. Uh, he talks about being grateful. He talks about uh, you know practical things like don't drink fire water. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't hurt your body. Yes. And Speaking he also, of that, I'm three, I'm three weeks, no fire water right now. So I'm, I'm starting out the, I'm starting out the year. Good. So good. Good. And he also, and he also talks about how to die and how to not be afraid of that. So I just think that's very super powerful. And this came from a set of beliefs that were instilled in him, like core beliefs. And I think every decision that we make in our lives, good, bad, or even disastrous are driven by what we hold very dear to us, what we value. And I, and I think this is important. I'm glad we started with this as our topic for mastering self because many, many people live their lives without really a strong script or blueprint to, to guide them. And when they, they struggle or they hit adversity, decisions become haphazard. They, you know, less about their discernment, but more about luck or future, you know, some circumstance that they just happen to get into. So I think this is a great place for us to start. And I know you had some stuff to cover to kind of help structure this thought process on values, beliefs, and core philosophy. Yeah. And it, it reminded me of something I've, I've always, I, I probably don't know enough about Native American culture as I should, but I, I always, you know, I grew up staunchly Catholic, you know, went to a Catholic school for a long time. And and then I ended up going to a Church of Christ college uh, for a little while. So 
I got perspective in the Catholic and Protestant, you know, religions. And then in the military, obviously I've been exposed to the true melting pot of, you know, uh, not only uh, American uh, religious culture, but other countries. But I think what I always valued about the native American spirit spirituality, it had a lot to do with, um, you know, nature and, and things that they had faith in, but maybe couldn't be explained. And so uh, one of the things we're going to get into is the difference uh, between like religion and spirituality. And so I think a lot of people uh, have had bad experiences with organized religions. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I wanted to make sure we have more values based regardless of religion, you know, and if you look at a lot of the, um, you know, major world religions, you know, Christianity, uh, Islam, uh, Judaism and others, there are some, you know, core things that are very similar, you know, even yes. though people inside of that religion may not want to recognize that, right? Because everybody wants to think their religion is the one true way. But I think, you know, when you do a values-based approach um, and, you know, thinking about the things Tecumseh said and the way the Native Americans did it, you know, there should be universal things that guide your life that you can do without being necessarily a religious, but, you know, tapping into, you know, that mm-hmm. spirituality as humans. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of things come to mind when we're thinking about values, beliefs, and really our core personal philosophies, you know, and that sounds maybe overly technical or formal, but, you know, we're going to go through kind of a series of discussions and exercises about, you know, a lot of it's like very basic, you know, a few fundamental questions have to be asked and answered in in the way we live and, you know, decisions we make. And, And one of the first ones is like, you know, what is the foundation of your life? You know, what people what values, what beliefs and roles have built your life on or you would like to build your life on, right? So, I mean, we'd like to hope and think that that comes from our parents. Um, But I know what I found out, you know, doing volunteer work and character development, um, you know, in my spare time uh, is that uh, a, a, uh, you know, devastatingly low percentage of um, kids even identify with an adult, um, member, uh, of their, of their family or extended family that they can look to for good character. And so when you think about, uh, a culture or a country, what have you, I mean, if you are not born into something that has structure, at least to know right and wrong, I mean, that's probably the number one, I think, challenge, you know, right now uh, in the world. I don't know what you think about that. Or worse, like the the structure is chaos of yeah. or some type of negative structure that is anti values or 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 has completely corrupt values. That's that's the other thing that is out there too that people actually have very very negative values. But and and you're exactly right. I run across a lot of people as well that did not have really a strong structure and home in the family structure. Maybe that they didn't get any basic values built in. And I think that's that's definitely a problem. You know, I think people can, I don't know about you, but I think people can develop values and refine them as we get older. Because somebody might be listening to this and go, well, I didn't get those when I was 10 years old. So am I just screwed now? Or, or you know, I don't think so. I think we're all, I know I constantly am trying to like, what are my values and how do I implement them in my day-to-day life? I think it's just a matter of applying some thought process to it. Yeah. Um, kind of related to that is, um, you know, what's your purpose? You know, what do you want to set, be said about you when your life is done? I know uh, 
some of us that have been fortunate enough to, to, you know, take the time or be forced to take the time, you know, with your job or, you know, like I said, I'm in the military and, you know, thankfully in a lot of ways I've been forced to deal with this, but, um, do something called like a eulogy exercise, you know, writing your own. I don't know. If, I think back in the day, maybe they used to do that in high school in certain classes where it's like, you know, write your, um, your obituary or write your eulogy. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for me, um, that's a powerful thing, right? I mean, and, and it speaks to purpose and what the foundation and values of your life, you know, when you're, cause I, you know, we've talked about a lot in some of our other episodes. I mean, people legitimately get caught up in things happen in your life, right? I mean, you, uh, you, you do the things you're supposed to, but you can kind of go through like a leaf in the wind being like a zombie, like, you know, go to college, get a job, get married, have kids, and you can lose your way, you know, uh, very easily. So, having a foundation or thinking about, uh, you know, uh, just like a big project or, you know, begin with the end in mind, you know, what is the vision for everything? And, and sometimes we do it for our work. We do it for our family. We do it for our retirement, but we don't take time to do it for like the purpose of our life. Right. You know, how many people do you think actually do that? Like, like I legitimately sit down. Well, I, I have a, I'm pretty regimented. So I have a daily thing where I look at you know, goals and what's my purpose for the day. And yeah. I do that, you know, I'm, so I'm very structured and I've got a whole thing on that. that we're going to talk about with purpose and stuff on another episode probably. But, um, how many people do you think actually do that? At any I would say or, less than 5%. Yeah. Just across the board. I think so too, is it's people just seem like they're bumping into the walls, you know, and I, that's what I think this is so important is like, it is important. Here it is. We're recording on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's probably important Sometime during the week to take some quiet time, turn off the damn phone, the TV, find a quiet place on the porch or something, bring a little journal or something and write down, what is it I'm, what am I trying to do? You know, all these things you're talking about, what, just figure out what is my purpose. And sometimes I think it's hard for people to get a purpose. Like what, they, they struggle with that, and there, but there's tools for doing that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think that, um, I mean, sometimes... I mean, when you choose um, difficult things in your life that force you to be in adverse situations, that force you to be into chaos, but you chose to do that, you know, whether it be your profession or, you know, difficult challenges, when you're in it, it's terrible. But when you look at it um, after the fact, I think a lot of us can say, that was my painful, but biggest time of growth in my life, right? Because when you're put under duress, whether it be in life and school and relationships, that's when, you know, you have to adapt, right? I mean, I think that's, like I said, in the military, uh, you know, potentially being in the most extreme of human circumstances. um, You know, I remember in Quantico, they used to drill in our head, you know, they, they wanted to prepare you to perform your best in circumstances of chaos and adversity, right. you know, and when you think about what, what that looks like, I mean, the, I mean, you're not going to charge over a hill, you know, to potentially take an enemy position while you're getting shot at. If you don't have a lot of belief and purpose in what you're doing. Right. Um, right. I mean, people are, I mean, there's numerous, uh, examples in all countries on the battlefield where people don't even ever fire their weapon. Right. You know, there's a couple of famous books and studies that I, I might look up and put in the show notes for this episode, but the, especially like you think about 
conflicts like World War One, where the tactics were so far behind. I mean, even the Civil War, like, you know, that, that's like the, the constant, um, you know, continuum of battle is always like we develop these new weapons and, you know, terrible ways to kill each other. But then the tactics always lag behind. So you have these conflicts that the carnage is like 10 times what it was because you're using the, the last wars, you know, right. tactics with modern technology. And so, right. you know, you, you think about, you know, uh, preparing to go into that unknown in that adversity, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I know like being a, a doctor, like some of the training you've talked about where, you know, you're working in ERs and you're seeing crazy things for the first time, you, you know, you question yourself, I'm sure uh, just like in military training, you're like, Oh my God, I, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I just mm-hmm. saw you know, something yeah. I, I never want to see. Right. But, but those are the times you, you make it through and it kind of builds some calluses and you're like, Holy crap, I, I did that. I performed well. Uh, but you know, we're, we're creatures of uh, comfort, especially, you know, in our modern Western lives. And so sometimes whether it be doing a eulogy exercise or taking time to, you know, decide what your values and your purpose is. I mean, I think there's people that probably go to church every Sunday and try to be good people, but they almost do it as like part of a routine when they never get past face values. Like, what does that mean for, you know, how I like actually live my day-to-day life? I've done that eulogy exercise. It's it's good because what happens is basically you're just like, what would what would I want my eulogy to read, or what would it be read like now? There's different ways you can do it, <clears throat> but if you if you said, okay, if I just wrote my eulogy today, it would say this, right, based on my current behaviors. What do you want it to say? You know that. Then you do that, and you start to pull out the like. Here we are talking about values and beliefs. That's how you find what you you do have at your core. Well, I would want people to know, you know, I, I uh, you know, love others. I serve others, you know, these types of things. I've actually worked that through uh, in one of these exercises I was doing on my own where it tries to get you to identify three core words that that are sort of stick in your mind that represent who you are. Mm-hmm. Like like these three words, like love, service, family or something like that. Right. And it starts by doing that eulogy and then you break it down further and you start to isolate the values that mean something to you. And then you write for each of those words, you write what that word means to you and why. So it's, it's like you have this little map, um, you know, like an operating system, three word operating system that's kind of boiled down from that eulogy exercise. Yeah. And and I I was going to put it as part of this, but I didn't want to take away from the, the values and the, and the purpose, uh, portion, but you know, there's some psychologically derived like components on what it means to thrive. Right. So everybody hears these things like so-and-so is doing well or thriving or flourishing, but you know, they've, they've used a lot of studies saying, well, you know, what the hell does that mean? You know, it's right. like the, what I've talked about, like, what does it mean to have character? And we try to teach little kids because you can hear these, like, I guess it would be like platitudes, right? Like right. politicians are very good at this. Like, you know, let's, America should be a shining city on a hill. And it's like, okay, well, how do we get to the, that yeah. point? You know, what does that mean? Does that you know? exactly look so like, it's yeah. the same thing. It's like, you know, you put your passions and purpose together um, and, and with your own skills. And, you know, there's some components there that, you know, this is what thriving looks like. And so, you know, tied into that um, is, you know, what what is your most important short and long-term goals right now? You know, we hear about this through our families, through school, um, through our jobs, whatever. but you know, sometimes in our own personal life, we don't think about it enough. You know, it's like, are the things that we think are goals guiding us in a direction 
that could actually bring you closer to your ultimate destination, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think people sometimes have work goals. They have like, like I said, you know, retirement goals, things like that. But it's like, what are you doing in your life in terms of the values, beliefs, and, you know, roles, um, that are guiding you to that, you know, eulogy, like, you know, Hey, I want people to see me as, you know, being helpful, uh, you know, valuing relationships in you know, doing well in adversity, being there for people, you know, friends and family when they need it. But a lot of those I think are left by the wayside because there, there's more like, uh, temporal, go, you know, goals that are, are not that important, you know, when you think about it, that are not like personal based, uh, values based, right? Everything's like, I need to save this much money a month so I can retire. And I want to, you know, do these things so I can get promoted at work, you know? And it's, I mean, those are important, but not, you know, in terms of like your overall belief system, right? That's yeah. That's just to- one element, finances and those kind of goals. I think I'm a big goal maker, you know, but it's, it's that, that's just one element of, I guess what you would, one thing you could add up that ultimately leads to quote air quotes, a, a quality life or, a, you know, yeah. that you can look back and say, there was a lot of value in my life because of these things that I did. And, but yeah, you can make goals. And, and I think goal setting is super important from a standpoint of you can make them for everything. Like, like I have goals to how my, I want my relationships to be with certain employees I yeah. want my relationships to be with my family members and, and they're really simple, but what happens is they break down and like, one of my goals is I want to be connected with my family members and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, be a, a connected father with my daughters. So what happens is to do that, you know, well, how do you practice? What do you make a goal about that? I'm going to make a goal that I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. actually is like one of them is I have a goal that I'm going to call my, uh, you know, my grown daughter that's often married. I make a point to call or message her every week and it pops up on my, my schedule as part of one of the values that I broke down into something that keeps a line of communication going with her. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that like you think, how can you make a goal about a relationship? That's exactly how you do it. So this is, it is a value of mine to have quality relationships with my, my children to do so, how do you do that? Well, first you have to spend time and you have to connect with them. So therefore, here's the action. Here's the step. Here's the the the, the goal, if you will. So I get it every week, not every week, but most of the time I do. And I have it built into a system where it just sort of keeps, it keeps keeping me on track because I said it, stated it, wrote it down. Now it becomes an action that gives me, you know, I feel good every time I contact her and I'm like, hey, how's it going? What's new? school going, all these kind of things. And then you get that feedback, like she's okay. And I'm, she knows I'm there for her. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, on the flip side of that, I recently had a conversation just online, uh, social media wise, somebody posted something about, um, you know, people in our lives that, um, you know, maybe you were, it couldn't even be family members, but people that you had a close connection with at some point. Um, and then, you know, you feel like it's always one sided, right? Like, like you get to a point where you're trying to make time to do things with that person or stay connected or text. And then you feel like it's not reciprocated or they're, they're not making time for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, 
it's it's tough, um, especially when you move away. Like the military has built in, I think, challenges like that where there's people that, you know, you're stationed in the same place and your families get to be close and your kids are friends with their kids. And I mean, this one significant chunk of your life is wrapped in together. Right. And then, um, you know, maybe you move back where you're within, uh, you know, the same town or within a couple hours and, you know, you kind of stay in touch, but then. I know there's certain people uh, that I've gotten to the point where, because I have so many examples of when, you know, we've tried to reach out or, you know, make time for them and they cancel or, you know, make it like super convenient for them. But, you know, obviously inconvenient for us to get together or to stay. It's like, you know, I hate to be callous, but especially as my kids get older and my time with them and my wife is so much more precious and significant. Like there's certain people that I just uh, like, I kind of cut out of my life. Um, and, and, you know, it's almost like the whole idea of saying no, you know, everybody always wants to be helpful. And, and then you say yes to everything and you end up like pissing everybody off because you say yes too much, you know, whether right. that be professionally or personally, but you know, there, there is something where you have to look at the cost benefit. You're like, Hey, I had a valuable relationship with this person, but you know, now I'm at the point where, you know, I'm all give, 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 and you know, they're not, you know, meet me halfway. So, um, you know, sometimes you got to make that difficult decision and, you know, if they come back and they show that they've changed or they go out of their way cause they realize, you know, what's going on, that's different. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's things that like, you only have so much time, you know, mm-hmm. for you know, people in relationships. And sometimes you have to make the difficult decision, be like, Hey, I'm kind of done with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but, sure. uh, um, so yeah, I mean, that ties into, you know, one of the other things is like, you know, what kind of relationships and social support systems, you know, could most help you stay aligned with, you know, the values and your ultimate destination, you know, do the relationships you have now help keep you in the right direction, you know, and then there's some people like professionally that, um, I really value their mentorship and my interaction with them, but, you know, I don't necessarily ever see myself being like really close friends with them or whatever, just they're different types of personalities and, you know, different places in life. But that doesn't mean you can't have a valuable relationship with them if that person is, you know, trustworthy and, you know, has unique experiences. So I know a lot of companies and in the military tries to set up these formal uh, mentorship, you know, situations and programs. But, but really, I mean, the mentors that you choose and the informal mentoring, I think, is what becomes most valuable for people, right? Like the people you choose to like reach out to and spend time with uh, is more important than any like structured, you know, mentoring system. You know, people that you value and respect that you chose versus like, oh, this person is my superior, so therefore I must be mentored by them, you know? <laughs> uh, and so anyway. Yeah, and I, I think it's that whole thing, the the five people you surround yourself with the most, you know, it's like kind of what shapes some of yeah. your behaviors. You become the average or something. Yeah, yeah, you become the average of that. And, it, and again, it boils down to when you're around people, you start to realize based on their actions, what their values and beliefs and core principles are about. And if you're around people that have solid, productive, positive core principles that they they you know, that sort of rubs off on you and you, you get a, you know, a better than average outcome with your decisions. Yeah. Um, and before we forget, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, and I think it's valuable because a lot of people, um, have, you know, great, um, I guess, meaningful interaction in their religions, you know, so I don't want to discount, uh, you know, the religious aspect of being spiritual and having values, but, you know, a lot of people, 
you know, think about religion, you know, but what about the dynamics of, you know, religion and spirituality? And, you know, like I talked about, um, you know, the Native Americans had, you know, their own kind of religion, but it was more spiritual based, right? It was more nature and, you know, the, the things they valued around them. So, you know, spirituality, yeah, you know, in some ways usually defined as, some, you know, kind of that experience of finding meaning and connection and religion is kind of like in some type of institution that's supposed to help you develop that internal spirituality. So, you know, by definition, it is kind of difficult because people start and come to, to religion and spirituality different places. So a lot of people, uh, I think that's why you see the rise of these like, you know, non-denominational mega churches, right? Because these are people that either had no structural religion growing up or had a falling out, you know, with in some cases, it's just, you know, a, a, a clergy member, if you will, you know, a preacher or a priest that you have uh, a bad interaction with. And then it makes you question, you know, re religion and spirituality. Whereas I think, you know, you can question religion, but uh, hopefully without damaging your, your spirituality, if that makes sense, you know, it does. And, and I understand that aspect of things. I, you know, if you look at all, you mentioned earlier about all religions. If you look at all religions, they most of them have a set of core fundamental values that are, are principles, if you will, that are foundational, and they are very similar. I mean, love thy neighbor. You know, if you can pretty much find that in pretty much every major the golden rule, golden like you know, rule. don't steal, don't murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the the, the, ten, the ten commandments, regardless, you know, of your. Christian background or whatever. I mean, the 10 commandments are a pretty good set of rules to live by. You know, you're yeah. generally going to, you know, not only are you following a, you know, uh, a good set of life principles. Um, if you were to apply those, you generally are going to have less uh, trouble in your life, most likely, you know? And so you see that in all religions though, you see those same core values pop up. And I think that's why when you look at this whole topic, that's a good that you know a, a sp having a spiritual life. I mean, if you look at going back to Tecumseh's you know statement at the beginning, I mean, he talked about love. He talked about respecting others. Well, if you respected others, you wouldn't steal from them. So again, it's a derivative of the you know the golden rule or the the, the Ten Commandments or all these historic teachings uh, that make humans uh, treat each other properly and live positive lives. Yeah, you know, it's funny when I was researching this. Uh, you know, there's a lot of studies and, you know, just people's experiences, you know, saying that re religion obviously doesn't guarantee spirituality, but religion is obviously um, a, a way to be effective at, at developing your spirituality, right? You have a, um, a set of beliefs that's kind of set there for you. You have people that are specialists in, in that, and, and hopefully uh, you grow spiritually from that. But uh, on the flip side, uh, there's some... Uh, data to show that if you're very externally religious without having almost any internal spirituality linked to it, that, that can be a sign of some mental problems, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I thought that was interesting where, but you can see it, right? If you're, you know, have like sociopathic tendencies or other, you know, actually, you know, malignancies in your you know, psychology, if you're like, one of the ones like, oh, I'm going to, you know, be super involved in my church and all these things, but you have no internal, um, you know, connection to that. I mean, that's dangerous, right? Because you think about like all the ways that, you know, people trust people like inherently sometimes because you go to church with them, you know, and there's situations where people either, um, 
you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, or, you know, uh, you trust somebody that you go to church with and go into some business deals. And then you're like, holy crap, that guy, you know, has no scruples. Um, where, so, I mean, having that disconnection can be on the flip side, a dangerous thing. And I thought that was kind of an interesting piece of it. I hadn't really thought of. Yeah. I guess that's a disconnect between stated purpose and your actions. People play that out a lot in, by living sort of dual, like they're, they're, and I think people are happiest whenever they're on purpose and their actions match that purpose. I, I know, and just thinking back through my life, the times that I've been most at peace internally and also most productive and creative have been times when I'm, I'm rowing in the same direction as the stream that, you know, and, and so to speak, and also doing things, uh, I'm not, I'm being true to myself because I think people get into, it's a really negative situation to get into psychologically when people are conflicted. In other words, you, you know, it's kind of like being, uh, I mean, at a superficial level, maybe a job that you just like, like you're taking a job because you, it, the money is great, but the it just like crushes your soul to go there every day. Yeah. That's kind of a, that's an example. And then I guess you could have relationships like that where it's like, this relationship is this way and but it's incongruent with how you feel or you want to live and therefore you're just it's like a it's like a just friction all the time psychological friction going on that that sort of weighs you down and i think that's that's that it's a lack of quality it's a lack of um hmm, how do you say it if you're it's you're living distant from your actual purpose and i think that's not how we were supposed to live that's not the ideal life and i think people get less um, satisfaction in their lives and li- live less meaningful lives when they live that way conflicted yeah there there's a saying i can't remember exactly how it was put but it was like uh you know i think uh, through our, our interactions either on the podcast or personally with the uh, Brian Chantosh and you know he had this big thing about am I actually who I say that I am or am I, you know, just being how I want others to see me. Right. So there, there's a lot of ways like you can do things and, and even perform actions and, and set goals and, and have like external values of like, Hey, I'm doing this because I feel like this is how I want to portray myself or this is how I want others to see me. And it reminds me of the religious uh, idea with no spirituality behind it. So are you actually, you know, who you say that you are and you're portraying, or are you just like a facade of that? Right. I mean, and so yeah. I think that some of the things we've talked about today about, uh, you know, doing that self-reflection, like, you know, what are the, va- and, you know, we've been, I think purposely generic because we don't want to fill in that blank for everybody. But I think, you know, as humans that are honest with themselves, you can say, okay, you know, whether it be the Ten Commandments or these like values of like, you know, I, I think intrinsically most people um, know, right? Like w- these are the things I should do and these are the things I should not do. You know, whether it comes to like abusing drugs or alcohol or, you know, being abusive to people or, uh, you know, telling the truth, all these things that, you know, intrinsically make you feel good. I mean, those those should be our values and the people that we strive to be. But I think, you know, starting with the end in mind and, you know, being who we portray ourselves to be and being genuine, you know, are things that everybody could could benefit from. And, and uh, you know, just to have something actionable, you know, I looked at a kind of a conglomeration of different, you know, um, 
one of them actually used a, an analogy like with land navigation, right? So like you have a map, which could, you know, symbolize your life, right? And you have like where you are, where you are right now and where you want to be. And uh, those of you familiar, uh, or even if you're not, you know, when you use a compass and you set a direction to go somewhere, that's called your azimuth, right? right. And so setting your azimuth and looking at your map, like where, where I'm at, where I want to be, is similar to the maps of our lives the way it should be. It's like, hey, I know where I'm generally at now, or you have to at least do some self-reflection to, you know, honestly figure out where you're at now and then say, that is where I want to go. Right. And so checking every now and then in with yourself, you know, checking your azimuth and consistently looking at yourself honestly and critically really um, can, can make sure you stay on that path. And so kind of the, one of the first fundamental question is, you know, do you believe that you know what your life is about? Um, in, in some cases, yeah. I mean, in some cases, like, um, the checklist even had like a score, right. That you could have like five basic questions and kind of, you know, like when you do a survey, do I strongly agree? I know what my life is about. Do I agree? Somewhat agree, neutral, you know, disagree mm-hmm. and kind of, you can make it numerical if that works for you. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know what you think about that. Is that, is that too uh, clinical or is that like, you know, you can modify that or, you know, I no, know I think, some- I think what it is you're pointing out and I like these steps, like this is how you, <clears throat> There's lots of ways to do this. And basically what we're trying to teach is if you're not sure what your values core purpose are, you you have to basically start by blocking time, quiet moments, a piece of paper and a pen. And you and these are good examples of questions you ask yourself and just see what comes to mind. And when that happens, I mean, it is important to ask yourself, you know, do I know what my life is about? You know, and when you when if you can answer that, you may the answer might be no, I don't know. And if it's, if you don't know, then why is that? And it just leads you down. It get, you got to get to this quiet place where you see what answers come up. And I think you're prompting some very good questions uh, on how to develop or identify and clarify what your values and beliefs are. Yeah. And I think what I, I liked about this uh, concept is it's open-ended enough, right? Because a lot of people, when you think about, if you do something more specific than what what my life is about, then you can go down rabbit holes and you're like, Oh, my life is good at work, but it sucks in my personal life. Right. So in in this case, you're like, I know what my life is about. So if you know, you have balance in all those areas and you have a clear guidance and value and belief system, well, then you're going to be like, you know, on a zero to six scale, let's say, you know, you're going to say strongly agree. You know, I, I know where I'm at spiritually. I know where I'm at in my relationships. So you might be a six. But if you're kind of like, well, I'm doing good in some areas and not others, maybe it's a three. You know, you're like neutral, like you're not quite. Or if you're kind of going through a lot of stuff and you you really don't have any direction, you're like, OK, I, I disagree. I, I really don't know what my life is about. So, so having some kind of scale, you know, whether it's defined or not, you know, just checking in with yourself is good. Um uh, another aspect or another, you know, I'm going to do like five, you know, kind of like a more, a longer, more detailed one. And then I'm going to do like a, a three bullet point, like simplified, you know, for, for people that, that don't like uh, that much structure. But so the second one is like, I've been able to find a sense of meaning in my life. So a lot of these are related, but, um, you know, know what your life about is about is like maybe a higher level. And so, whether or not I've been able to find a sense of meaning in my life. So, you know, that you can hook on something like, Hey, I'm, you know, spiritual or religious or, 
family relationships. Like I've been able to find sense of meaning in my life. Like I know I am a Christian or I know I am a father. I know I'm a, you know, business owner. You know, there's these things that like, you know, same thing, zero to six scale. Like, yes, my meaning is, uh, you know, I want to, you know, be a, a strong volunteer in my community. I want my life to be remembered as, you know, somebody that just gave back, you know, family, community, you know, church, et cetera. So, um, I think that's another kind of common sense one. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, three, uh, looking at my life as a whole, things seem clear to me. So that one is a little more, uh, I think nuanced, but, uh, I think it speaks to the, the, the value and the structure of your life, you know? So if I, you know, considered everything in my life, you know, I I'm clear, uh, you know, I'm clear where I'm at, I'm clear where I'm going, you know, whereas if you're kind of, you know, in an unsure place, or if you've always been in an unsure place, you know, you're, you're going to score yourself a little bit lower in, in that area. Um, I think if you were journaling or trying to answer these questions for the first time, it also is a good question that might prompt thought, you know, it for, might prompt, yeah. uh, what, what areas do I not have st- locked down, so to speak, you know, what, what areas am I lacking or where do I feel where I'm not shored up? And, and that's, that's a good question for that. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. I think this, the, the way this list, now that I'm kind of jumping ahead and looking at it, it kind of starts like way high up and it gets more specific as it goes down because the next one is I have core beliefs, ethics, and values to give my life a sense of meaning and purpose. So you could say like jumping back to one, um, that's part of it, but you know, that's kind of like, Hey, how I see myself as a whole, how all these things fit together. But now I'm like, okay, you know, I think I'm doing good. I think I'm like a four to six range, but you know, what are my actual core beliefs and values, you know, that give my life a sense of meaning. So maybe if you have them, but maybe you haven't acted on them like you would want to, then, you know, you, you might not know what your life is about or have that sense of meaning. Cause you're like, Hey, I have this structure, but I've kind of sucked at executing, you know? Right. So, right for sure. Uh, um, Some people struggle with that, by the way, finding their purpose. You know, I, I think that's good that you brought this up because, and, and I think this will get covered in another episode where we talk about purpose in greater detail and goal setting, things like that. But that uh, people struggle with that. Sometimes it's very difficult to know what that is. And there's actually lots of tools for, for identifying that. But first things first is just start with asking yourself these core questions. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, I, I know I've been through times in my life where like, Hey, I know what my beliefs and my values are, but because of challenges that I haven't dealt well with, I'm not really executing, you know, I'm not, uh, going back to that. Am I who I say I am or am I just like, you know, a structure or a skeleton with no structure, you know? Um, right on. And kind of the last thing about this more detailed, you know, piece of it is, am I able to find meaning and purpose in my everyday experiences? And I think this goes to something like you were saying, whether it is making quiet time, uh, at, at different times of the day? Is it, you know, writing in a journal, you know, uh, I I've seen people, uh, <laughs> that, um, are, are very, uh, checklist and, you know, black and white kind of folks that just, uh, at the end of every day kind of give themselves a W or an L like today was a win or a loss. You know, I, I think <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, envy people like that. I'm more nuanced, right? Like, like maybe I won in certain areas, but lost in others. But I mean, that's kind of cool if you can, you know, have a structure where like, Hey, you know, if I, 
you know, read and meditated, if I worked out, if I got all my basic work tasks done, then that day was a win, right? Or, or, you know, some people say, hey, my win revolves around this one thing. So, but, you know, saying, um, you know, having meaning and purpose in everyday experiences, you're really not going to know that if you don't, I guess, consciously keep track of it, right? Right, right, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm a big believer that this has to be the, there has to be a process to develop uh, values, beliefs, and and then really what you're talking about is reflecting on them, and and being you know identifying where you're at. It's like like you said with the azimuth, you the first thing you do is figure out where the hell am I on this map? <laughs> yeah, where, where exactly yeah. am I? And then wherever I'm supposed to be going, am I even remotely going in that direction? You know that's and that starts with reflection, and the tactic to get there is to to build windows of time where you stop, pause, reflect. And reassess where you're, you're, you know, am I, am I consistent and am I congruent with my overall uh, beliefs? Yeah. I mean, uh, in keeping with the spirit of uh, making this, uh, you know, relatively short and actionable, uh, I think the last thing I want to maybe cover is like a simplified version of everything we talked about. Simplified checklist, simplified way to think about like, you know, your values and, you know, beliefs where you're going in life. Like one is like, you know, what do I need to do every day to get where I want to go? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then second, what do I need to avoid that might throw me off course? And last, how do I live a good, honorable life? Right. So those can have a lot of offshoots. But really, when you think about it, everything we talked about, you know, can kind of be condensed in those three things. You know, what do I need to do to get where I want to go? Uh, what do I need to avoid? Because uh, that's just as important for a lot of us. And, you know, how do I live a good and honorable life? You know, kind of thinking about uh, when it's all said and done, um, am I doing the things I need to to get me to where I want to be at the end on, you know, how I live my life and what values that, that I embody, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, I think, uh, like I said, we pulled different resources and, you know, reflections between our conversations and, you know, things that, uh, help, helpful things uh, that I found along the way. So hopefully, um, you know, that's a good beginning. And I'll put some of those checklists on the post and a couple links that uh, hopefully people can uh, take with this and, and go. This has been a great start to the Mastering Self series as a, as this uh, we've started season four. This is the first of those, you know, practical, you know, tools and, and uh, talks we're going to give on this topic. And we've got several coming down the pipeline. So I think this is a great start, Chris. And uh, I guess we'll sign off for now until next week. Sounds great. Excited about, uh, you know, Season four coming into you know the picture here. 